Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 20 of Revelation chapter 19. And we're going to be reading verses 15 and 16. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I'll stop reading there. In our last study, we were looking at the phrase, He shall rule them with a rod of iron. And we saw that the Greek word translated as rule is found 11 times in the New Testament. Four times it's translated as rule, and seven times as feed or feeding. And it has to do with feeding the flock, um, feeding the uh, people of God, and it is the word that is found in John chapter 21, verse 16, uh, where the Lord gives the command, feed my sheep. And it's this particular word. And we saw that Due to the context of Judgment Day in Revelation 19, that God was bringing together the two objectives, the two main objectives that we have learned that God would want his people involved in during the time of Judgment Day. And, and that is number one, to feed the sheep. All of the elect, that great multitude that the Lord saved and brought out of great tribulation, and they are to be spiritually nourished through truth. That's what always feeds the people of God is truth. And also, another main objective of God in his judgment program is to publish the information regarding Babylon's fall or the world's judgment. And we find both of these ideas coming together in verse 15, especially as God uses um, this particular word, rule, and let's read it translated as feed here. Um, I'll start it reading verse 15 of chapter 19 again. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall feed them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. It Clearly, Judgment Day, clearly God has in mind feeding the sheep, during the time of Judgment Day. And that's, uh, of course, what we've seen in many other passages, many other places in the Bible, that uh, it has always been 
God's plan to leave his people on the earth to go through the judgment, and in so doing, they will make manifest the judgment that was on them in Christ from the foundation of the world, and they will also be tried and tested and so on during this period of time, and yet God cares for them, and he wants them fed. And and so here uh, it's uh, remarkably stated in, in this context. Okay, let's go on to look at the last phrase of verse 15. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Jesus, the Word, the one on the white horse uh, who's coming with the armies of heaven, he is smiting the nations with the word of God, the sharp sword that comes out of his mouth. He is ruling or feeding with a rod of iron. And God also says he's treading the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. All these different images are uh, teaching the same thing. It is the day of punishment. It is the, the final judgment of mankind. And through each illustration, God is teaching us that very thing. And then he's saying in a different way. And then again, in another way, all teaching the same thing. It is the time of the end of the world. They will be judged and destroyed forevermore. And God likens this to treading the winepress. And, of course, have seen that language before in the book of Revelation. Remember, back in Revelation chapter 14. And and in Revelation 14, again, what's the discussion about? The cup of the wrath of God in um, verses 10 and 11. The harvest of the world. Uh, according to Matthew 13, 39, the harvest is the end of the world, the end of the age. And and so Christ is coming forth uh, to reap by sending in his reapers, sending in the sickle. And he's coming to gather the harvest of the earth. And then we read in verse 19 and 20, And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Now the the word wrath in verse 19 of Revelation 14 is the uh, word we have translated as fierceness in Revelation 19.15. The winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. It, it's the same Greek word. It basically it, it's um, doubling up on the emphasis of God's wrath or His anger. And so uh, here Christ is in view. Um, the unsaved of the earth are are like uh, the harvest of the earth that have been gathered, the vine of the earth. And they're cast into the winepress. And it is said to be trodden without the city because the city 
is made up of all of God's elect. These are they that are without. They're outside the kingdom of heaven. They never became saved. And and so, uh, since we've entered into the day of judgment, Christ begins to crush the life blood out of them. And uh, according to Leviticus 17, the life is in the blood. And the blood came out of the winepress and flowed forth unto the horse bridles by the 1600 furlongs or by the space of 1600 furlongs. And so in our verse here in Revelation 19.15, God is just describing Judgment Day and he's drawing on that particular picture of uh, the Lord treading the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And the 1600 furlongs is in all probability a number God gives us that tells us how long the treading of the wicked will continue, how long the unsaved uh, will be under the wrath of God in the day of judgment, how long their life, physical life, would be prolonged as their blood, the life is in the blood, flows for 1,600 furlongs, and then the flow of the blood ceases. Likewise, the life of the wicked goes forth, continuing for a likely 1,600 days, and then it reaches the complete point of God's wrath as that 1,600th day, um, formed together with the 8,400 days of the Great Tribulation, uh, makes a, a sum total of 10,000 days of wrath and judgment, and and that's the completeness of the wrath of God, and and God finishes the wrath has been, um, how's it put in Revelation 15:1? concerning the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And, and and so the seven plagues are poured out, and God's wrath eventually is filled up. It's completed. And, and that would fall, that 1600th day, that 10,000th day, on October 7, 2015, which is the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles in this year. And we're only a few months away from that point. But uh, but this language is reminding us of that. He treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Now, um, let's, let's go to Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, and... We read of Judgment Day, and uh, Judgment Day is is just throughout the Bible. God has spoken of it, and it is very much in view in Revelation, the last book of the Bible. And, you know, isn't it interesting? I know that um, E-Bible and myself, we selected the book of Revelation to go through, and and we've been going through it now for at least a couple of years um, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, working our way through. But I, I think it is 
uh, significant that here we are in the last book of the Bible, and we're in chapter 19, and we have a few months left uh, of time in all probability, and we're going to, Lord willing, continue to go verse by verse by verse. And it, it seems like, just the way it worked out, that the timeline for the likely end of the world will coincide with the timeline for the, our study in the book of Revelation. That as we get up to October 7th, we'll be very close, if if not finished, at that point. And uh, in studying this particular book. And in this book, God has much to say about the end. It is um, the ideal place for us to be uh, as we are approaching the likely end of the world. Well, in Malachi 4, we read in verse 1, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith Jehovah of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. And, and root and branch are referring to Christ. The day of Jehovah will will remove the possibility of Christ or salvation from the wicked that will be burned up in in the day of God's anger. Well, it it goes on to say in verse 3, And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith Jehovah of hosts. Now, in our verse, it's Christ that is treading the winepress. And yet here in Malachi 4, God is speaking to the elect, and he's saying, ye shall tread down the wicked, and and they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. And really, uh, uh, both statements are correct. Christ is judging the world. The Bible says the saints are also judging the world with him, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2. And Christ comes with ten thousands of his saints, or all the elect, and we are actively involved in the judging process as the Lord opens up the scriptures to reveal his judgment. Then we execute This is the honor that have all the saints, the judgment written by sharing the information, by going forth on track trips, by sharing on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or on a website uh, or personally one to one, however we do it. And, And God's people have this honor of being involved in the judgment process. Of course, uh, at the same time, uh, we we love our fellow man. We have deep concern for our fellow man. We don't despise them. We don't point the finger. And we're not judging in that kind of a way. But we're involved in the judgment in a few different ways. But mainly, it is through executing the judgment written, simply declaring what the Bible says recognizing as well the day we're living in as a result of of being granted understanding regarding what the Bible says. 
For instance, May 21, 2011, the door shut. We believe that. We share that with others because the Bible says that. And that way we are involved in treading down the wicked or their their life is being trodden underfoot of the Lord and their blood is coming out and their lives are uh, continuing for this period of judgment day. But it, what's interesting is, let's go to Revelation 16. And um, if possible, keep your finger in Malachi 4. In Revelation 16, it says in verse 19, In the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Well, uh, here we see it. The cup of wine of God's wrath is given to Babylon, which represents the the world itself, the kingdom of Satan. And where did that wine come from? What What is this wine that is given to Babylon that they are to drink? And Babylon is representative of the world, all of the unsaved inhabitants of the earth, in the church and out of the church. What, where did this wine come from? Well, Christ is, uh, involved in treading the wine press. That's the picture of Revelation 14 verses 19 and 20. And the blood comes forth. That's the picture of Revelation 19:15. He treadeth the wine press of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And when you tread a wine press, what results? What comes forth? The blood, yes, but if God is calling it a wine press, then the wine comes out of the wine press. And the wine is the blood of the wicked. That blood that overflows, that we read about in Revelation 14, is as though it were wine. It, it's coming out of a wine press. This is the gospel. This is the gospel that Christ is preparing or has prepared. And and he's causing it to come out. And he's filling the cup of his wrath to give to drink to the people of the world. In Malachi 4, the... Hebrew word in verse 3, translated as tread down, is only found in this verse. It's Strong's number 6072. But there's a related word that is translated as sweet wine, which is Strong's number 6071. Very closely related. And we find that word used in Isaiah 49, and verse 26. And I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh, and they shall be drunken with their own blood as with sweet wine, and all flesh shall know that I, Jehovah, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, 
the mighty one of Jacob. Now notice that statement also following God saying that uh, he will uh, cause the the unsaved to be drunken with their own blood. And in order to be drunken, you have to drink it. You You have to take the cup of the wine of the wrath of God, which is your own blood that has been trodden out by the Lord. And that is the sweet wine. And following that, notice that statement, all flesh shall know that I, Jehovah, am thy Savior. Now, God, of course, is um, relating this to the salvation of his elect because it does involve the salvation of all the elect. That's how he could shut the door of heaven. But that statement, that all flesh shall know, I am Jehovah. Remember, we looked at that. That has to do with that language in Matthew twenty four thirty six of that day and hour, knoweth no man. And, and Psalm 16 tells us, Jehovah is known by the judgment which he executeth. And now in uh, Isaiah forty nine twenty six, uh, God will give them this sweet wine, which is their own blood, that they will drink and know, all flesh will know that he is Jehovah, because the judgment that man had not previously experienced, he is now experiencing, he is now going through, the wrath of God, and this is the sweet wine, this is the gospel message for the world. This is what the true believers are publishing when we say that Babylon has fallen, that God shut the door of heaven on May 21, 2011, that he ended his salvation program, and he's no longer saving today, That is the sweet wine of the wicked. It is the cup of the wrath of God that has been trodden underfoot by the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.